1: and good morning I'm Gary Randall thank you so much for joining me today it's Wednesday March the 30th 2022 in the year of our Lord today on March 30 1981 President Ronald Reagan was shot and seriously injured outside of Washington DC hotel he was shot by John Hinckley whom jr whom they found to have mental problems he also wounded Hinckley also wounded uh, White House press secretary James Brady and a Secret Service agency agent and a District of Columbia police officer. I remember Reagan made the statement as they were rolling him in for surgery. He said, I hope the doctors are Republicans. He always had a brilliant outlook on things and he recovered quickly, but it was a very serious injury. Today in eighteen twenty two, Florida became a United States territory. Today, in 1842, Dr. Crawford W. Long of Jefferson, Georgia, he first used ether as an anesthetic during an operation to remove a patient's neck tumor. Today, in 1867, U.S. Secretary of State William Seward reached agreement with Russia to purchase the territory of Alaska for $7.2 million dollars. He was ridiculed by a number of people in Washington, D.C. and across the country. They called it Seward's Folly. Some people said, why would we buy a piece of tundra for $7.2 million? Well, I suspect if those people were still around today, they would understand that was not a bad purchase. Today in 1870, the 15th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which prohibited denying citizens the right to vote and hold office on the basis of race, was declared in effect. Isn't it interesting from 1870 to today, we are now appointing people to the Supreme Court on the basis of race? Today in 2010, President Barack Obama made the government the primary lender to students by cutting banks out of the process. And today in 2020, Florida authorities arrested a mega church pastor after they said he held two Sunday services with hundreds and hundreds in attendance. He did so in violation of coronavirus restrictions. I suspect that things like this is what ignited the uh, resolve and the passion of the current governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis. He has been doing a number of the right things in that state, and it's paying off for him. The state is flourishing financially and otherwise, while the people on the, on the margins of the state are realizing they are no ro- longer running the state as they once were, dragging pastors out of churches. And so a great change is taking place in Florida. We've been talking about that a great deal on this program because it's been in in the news a great deal. In fact, Oregon Governor Kate Brown on Monday, she was responding to the Florida Governor Ron DeSantis when he signed that bill into law. I talked about it on Monday of this week. When he signed that bill into law that bans instruction on sexual orientation and gender identity, they can't teach it now in Florida in kindergarten through third grade. And she was just wailing and gnashing her teeth over that. And uh, she said, quote, uh, this is the governor of Oregon, Kate Brown. She said, governors are, are, Oregonians are welcoming our LGBTQIA community members. We want to make sure that Oregon is safe, inclusive and welcoming, a place for all. She put out this in a statement. She said she's horrified and outraged by the legislation that was signed in Florida and says it's making schools a less safe space for LGBTQIA plus kids. She said she wants to make sure Oregon stays a safe and welcoming space no matter one's sexual orientation or identity. But these people keep saying that. That's a mantra that they repeat all the time. They keep saying that, but it's not true. They're very disingenuous. In fact, it's a lie. What they're doing, they're not making a state or a school district or whatever more safe. They're making it less safe for 99% of the kids that are in the place. They're making it almost predatory. These people are trying, that are coming into these classes, these teachers that are being provided, instructors and special guests and so on, that are teaching this material that is from hell itself. They are making these kids, they're, they're trying to groom these kids for a life of perversion. That's what they're doing. I, I wasn't saying that a few years ago because I did my research and I watched this and I've watched it for a number of years, and that's exactly what they're doing. They're creating new victims, is what they're doing. And they're grooming children for their own perversion. And there are people, thank God, that are taking a stand that have the power to do so. Ron DeSantis, the governor in Florida, is one of them. There are a number of them. They're taking a position now that is more godly and less perverted. So Kate Brown's having a real problem with that. She said she's horrified by it. Well, she's horrified by it because she's one of them. She claims to be a bisexual. She lived with a woman for years. Then she left the woman when she was about to become governor or after she became governor. And um, she got got a man now. And I suspect as soon as she's not governor, she'll have a woman again. She's the first... So-called bisexual to be elected governor of a United uh, in the United States, but that's what she she's not making it safe. And these people are not making it safe and welcoming for all. They're making it. They're making they're they're putting the whole policy toward a few children in a school that desperately need help, and they don't need to be further indoctrinated. And groomed. Oh, there's so much more I could say about that. I love kids. They don't. They say they do, but they don't. If they loved kids, they wouldn't be trying to do what they're doing. And what they have been doing, and they've been getting away with it for quite some time. There just weren't enough voices and muscle put against it politically. But that seems to be changing now. There's a rising tide, I believe. And we'll see what happens over the next coming months. The Bible says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, He increases strength. God's power is available to you. He's given it to you if you're about to faint. (laughs) And He's given it to them that have no might. He increases your strength. Sometimes when you just can't deal with life, God knew that. That's why he gave those words to Isaiah, inspired by God, so that you and I could read them together today. Today. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 18.2, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. God is with us. He's with everyone, wants to be with everyone who will accept him into their life, their heart, by believing and confessing that Jesus Christ is indeed the Son of God, that he was crucified and raised from the dead, paid the price for our sin. If we ask him to forgive us of our sin, he will, and he's paid the price for those sins, whatever they may be. And he sets us free. Oh, not perfect, but free. And our sins are forgiven. That's the message of Christianity. It's a powerful message. It's a wonderful message. It's a message that will change the world. But we get so messed up in our thinking. Sometimes my dad used to say, that guy doesn't know up from down. I used to kind of laugh as a kid. I'm not laughing so much now. There's a lot of people in leadership today, unfortunately, political leadership, that don't know up from down. In fact, the prophet Isaiah spoke about such times, said people would be calling good evil and evil good. That's kind of where we are today in our world and in our country. But there are voices that are rising. There are lights that are being turned on. I believe that things are changing. I believe the world is in decline. The Bible predicts that. But I do believe that there is that hope for some reprieve in America because God has blessed America for his purposes. And his purposes are to share the truth, the hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we'll see what happens, but we'll keep talking about it. Thank you for your support of what we do on this program. It's essential. Uh, we would not be here without it. And we take this a day at a time, a month at a time. And I want to thank you for standing with us. We need your support. Our address is Box 399 Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399 Bellevue, 98 0009. You can go to our website. It's faithandfreedomandfreedom.us. You can make a co- co- uh, contribution there on, online on our fir- first page that comes up. It'll be a, an article that I wrote on that particular day, like today. It's about China. I want to talk to you a little bit about China, too. And there's a tab there that you can click and contribute online. Uh, a growing number of people are doing that. If it's more convenient, we encourage you to do so. But whatever method, thank you so much for your support. We need it. New York Times began their article yesterday with this. Marco Rubio wants America to wake up. That caught my attention because I'm not Marco Rubio. I'm not a senator. I'm nobody except me. But I want America to wake up as well. The Times reports that Senator Rubio is saying because China's real intent is to defend President Biden, or, or the New York Times, rather, is to defend President Biden and his family regarding their relationship with China. He's right. That's exactly what they're doing. I read the whole article. I read some other related articles. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about this. Because on Monday of this week, Senators Chuck Grassley, Republican from Iowa, and Ron Johnson, a a Republican senator from Wisconsin, they revealed that there was a $100,000 direct payment from CEFC, that's a China energy company. They have closed now, but they've been in operation over the last number of years. I, I think that some of the reasons that they closed has to do with what I'm talking about right now. And we'll get a little more into this in a moment. But the CEFC China Energy sent this $100,000 direct payment to Hunter Biden via a wire transfer through Wells Fargo Clearing uh, Services. And it was designated, quote, further credit to Owasco. Well, Owasco is Hunter Biden's uh, law firm. Then more, much more money was to come. And now these guys like Grassley and Johnson and Rubio and others, are digging out the facts. The media has been trying to cover this up or just push it aside, sweep it under the rug for the last several years as people began to become aware of what was going on with Vice President Joe Biden's family and now President Joe Biden's family. Yesterday, Hunter's laptop, the hard drive, was uploaded yesterday afternoon into the congressional record. That sent a shockwave through Washington, D.C. and around the country. I'll talk to you a little bit more about that. I'll tell you who did it. This representative did it. And uh, he said he successfully uploaded it. He put out a tweet yesterday afternoon. So it's all out there now. There isn't any, well, there, it's, there's nothing on that laptop. Don't worry about what's on. It's out there. It's in the congressional record. So it seems like this whole web of deception for money that the Biden family has been building, and I'm not talking about this to be critical of the Biden family. I'm talking out out of profound concern and disgust for leaders in America whom we little people have put our trust in. I didn't vote for Biden, but apparently a bunch of people did. They put their trust in him. And he's now monetizing and has been for a number of years monetizing his political influence by virtue of being elected by we the people. Somehow, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but that just doesn't set very well. It just doesn't feel right to me. And I would suspect you would agree with that. The New York Times says China is already locked in conflict with the United States. Republican senator from Florida warns, they're talking about Rubio, we just haven't realized it yet. The Times continues, the New York Times, and even as Vladimir Putin's assault on Ukraine shows that wars of aggression are no relic of the past, the return of history, Rubio calls it, he worries that China's communist rulers pose a more insidious long-term danger to America's peace and prosperity, and that threat isn't treated with the seriousness it deserves, and that is what Rubio was saying. He said it again yesterday afternoon at the Heritage Foundation. He's on a he's on a real uh, trek on this thing. He's pretty worked up about it. He's he's pretty angry about it, actually. It does us no good, Rubio says, to pretend they're not an adversary. Their goal is to rise at the expense of the United States. Well, that's exactly what's happening, and that's exactly what's happening in regards to our attitude toward it. Too many people in America believe, and they act like, they just pretend that China's not an adversary. Oh, we we can get along, you know, peace through strength or whatever, but they don't see our strength. And that's what Rubio's trying to say. China's lust for world domination is so apparent the New York Times doesn't try to dismiss Rubio's claims. In fact, the Times agrees with him because they know they have no other course, because all of this stuff is coming out. As a top Republican on the Senate Select Intelligence Committee, the New York Times says Rubio has access to the latest insights from U.S. spy agencies. And what he has seen of China's growing reach has alarmed him. A campaign of economic espionage and infiltration of American institutions, a rapid buildup of nuclear and conventional forces that menace Taiwan, an expanding disinformation machine that seeks to undermine the United States all over the world. All of that is true. Truth coming from the New York Times. Imagine that. They have no other choice, really. Rubio says China poses a far more serious threat than the old Soviet Union ever did. He said winning that conflict, he says, blinded Americans to the dark reality of totalitarianism. In other words, we have become complacent. Over the past three decades, he says, we forgot that human nature tends toward a lust for domination. That's exactly what's happening. I didn't vote for Rubio when he was running for president in the primary. But he understands this. He gets it. The desire of the powerful to conquer and enslave and control these weaker than themselves is what we're seeing from China. We're seeing it from Russia as well. But China is the greater threat. Then the New York Times pivots. They had to agree with all of this because There is no way they could keep a straight face, and sometimes they do it anyway, but they didn't in this case. There's no way you can keep a straight face and deny what Rubio is saying, because it's happening before our eyes, and America is awakening to a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. But the Times pivots, and after agreeing with Senator Rubio that China's bad, with bad intentions, they then begin to turn their course of this article. It was a long article, and I'm not going to go through much more of it, but they begin to turn the course of this article into a, and because all of that is right, kind of a pivot, President Biden is doing all of these things, and they list all these things that he's supposedly doing, and if you look at them carefully, with it being even a little bit informed, they're kind of nothingness. Some of them have some impact, but for the most part, but it's a long list of things that the president is doing. So they say, Rubio's right, China's bad, but President Biden is addressing all this, and he's about to change all that. He's about to reverse the course of China's expansion and their march toward domination. That, of course, is the big lie. They pivot. <laughs> And they continue throughout the article. Since taking office, Biden hasn't taken very many real steps except toward sexual orientation, gender, those kinds of things. He's been obsessed with this. They say he's approved nearly $1 billion in arms sales to Taiwan. He did, but we'd been doing that for quite some time. That was in place before he got there. He just didn't kill the bill. But anyway, they're building up this big credit account of all these things that the president is doing. But you got to wonder what's in his heart. We have an odd relationship with China. Not the Chinese people. I'm talking about the government, the communist government of China. It seems to me that the U.S. is going to have a problem controlling China's rush to domination because of our relationship with China in the first place. Trump saw that. Others have seen it, but Trump did. He spoke about it often, and he took some steps. All the while, people were spinning 24-7, the Democrats in particular, to try to destroy him. They're still continuing to this day. Yesterday, they were big, all kinds of attacks on Trump and Just It goes on and on and on. They're never going to let this guy go. I mean, it's unbelievable. But this is more complex, the relationship that we have with China, particularly when we lack any kind of leadership, really, or effective leadership. I mean, there's a myriad of things that are not in our favor in our relationship with China. One of them is that Americans... Americans traded more than $600 billion worth of goods and services with China just in 2020 alone. This compromises many of Americans' elite who own the big companies and are compromised by their deep ties to China. The tech guys, the NBA, the National Basketball Association, I mean, they've been acting like a lapdog to China. Additionally, the U.S. depends on China for raw materials like rare earth uh, minerals that are used in everything from mobile phones to semiconductors to car batteries. That's what we're looking at here. And China knows that. They figured it out. But then when you put on top of this the Biden family's lust for money and you put it up on the table with China's lust for domination, It's something that Americans should be aware of. And that's why I'm touching on it today for a few minutes. And you speak of compromises deep and wide in the Biden family. I wish it weren't. I wish I weren't saying what I'm saying. I wish we were saying he's not a good leader, but he loves America and so on and so forth. That doesn't seem to be true. It goes back to at least 2004 Biden is a multi-multi-millionaire who has spent his entire life, and he brags about it all the time, in elected public service life. How does that work? Senators Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson, on Monday, they revealed this $100,000 direct payment that I mentioned a few moments ago. They presented a copy of the transfer to their colleagues in Congress on Monday. In Peter Schweizer's book, Red-Handed, and I've quoted this before, it's a bestseller, it's his latest, Red-Handed, How American Elites Get Rich Helping China Win, he shows in there, he documents in there, how uh, CEFC, China Energy, paid Hunter Biden nearly $6 million in 2017. Breitbart News wrote about it at the time, and I pulled up their story yesterday and read it, It says in part, furthermore, by July of uh, 2017, CEFC began making interest-free, forgivable loans to the Biden family. CEFC executive Zale Running, that's his name, like running, not walking, Zale Running wrote that $5 million was intended as money lent to the Biden family, not just Hunter Biden. This $5 million loan to the Biden family is interest-free, Zale wrote. Switzer notes that interest-free loans provide tremendous leverage because the lender can demand its money back if it's displeased by any action. On August 20, uh, 2017, CEFC Infrastructure Investment, LLC, sent Hunter Biden's law firm, AWASCO. it's the name of his law firm at the time, I'm not sure if he's still involved with that or not, but he was then. He probably still is. But they sent regular payments, but they start. They sent five million dollars to another entity controlled by Yi, who this guy named Yi, who was a part of the the other transaction of hundred thousand dollars. Then they started sending regular payments to Owasco, the law firm. Biden then transferred Hunter one point four million dollars of that money to a firm called Lion Hall Group, which was controlled by his uncle James Biden and Uncle Jim Biden's wife, Sarah Biden. Grassley, these aren't people out on the margin saying, these are senators and lawyers and people that love their country and are saying, man, we can't have this. Grassley suggested money that transactions could show the extent to which President Biden might be and almost certainly is compromised by Hunter Biden's deep ties to a communist China entity. He said bank records like this piece of evidence are pretty hard to deny and sweep under the rug. Well, they are. And apparently, Hunter Biden laptop content will be no longer swept under the rug either. Yesterday afternoon, Representative Matt Gates he tweeted, I quote, Moments ago, I successfully entered the hard drive of Hunter Biden's laptop into the congressional record. Subpoena, Hunter Biden. Well, I... <laughs> The silence told me that a lot of people were concerned about that. And they are. Senator Johnson says they failed to discredit our investigation when we started two years ago because we stayed true to government records, we stayed true to the facts and the evidence. Samuel Adams, an American founding father, wrote in a letter to James Warren on November 4, 1775. This was just before they and he, among others, signed the Declaration of Independence. He said, Nothing is more essential to the establishment of manners in a state that all persons employed in places of power and trust be men of exceptional characters. The public cannot be too curious concerning the character of public men. It's a time to become curious. We must be prayerful. We must ask God to guide and lead us and protect us in these perilous times, but we also must be curious to know exactly what these elected public servants are doing. It was Samuel Adams and all of the others who signed the Declaration of Independence, pledging their wealth, their reputation, their lives, their very lives on the line for the Declaration of Independence. And now we have leaders who are monetizing the public trust that has been given them. Thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all
0: the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.